Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of the UK Tech Weekly podcast, a tale told by four idiots full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Good morrow, gentle listener, and welcome to this newly discovered folio edition of the UK Tech Weekly podcast, the UK's least weather-appropriate weekly tech podcast, squirming into your ear once a week like those worm things off of Star Trek. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is an infotainment mugging from the editors of PC Advisor, TechWorld, Macworld UK, Computer World UK, and now Digital Arts. Every Friday, we sign up to an audio lonely heart service, go for a series of awkward audio dinners with increasingly unsuitable audio dates, finally get our audio hopes up that we've met that special audio someone, only to give up and move in with 25 audio cats, in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and tell your friends. I'm David Price, acting editor of Macworld UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in discussion by the one and only Scott Carey, online editor at TechWorld. Hi. One in a million, Mimi Launder, staff writer at Digital Arts. Hello. And one in a raffle, Christopher Manassian, staff writer on PC Advisor and Macworld. Pikachu! <laughs> this week we are talking corporate buyouts, graphical blowouts, and social media idiots getting kicked out. Let's chat. Scott Carey, someone's made an acquisition, and I bet it cost them an arm and a leg. <laughs> oh, no. What's the story? That was a very highbrow intro, actually. I was. Did I was, you like that? Yeah, we had a very nerdy intro last week with Lord of the Rings, so I'm enjoying the, the up, up brow. Up brow, highbrow. <laughs> I think you do normally say highbrow. Yeah, I Shakespeare, said that. Shakespeare anyway. was very much the... Um, UK Tech Weekly podcast of his day. So <laughs> Good. I thought it was a nice uh, shout out. Um, so, um, not to ruin your joke, ARM, ARM Technologies. Was, Do we normally say ARM then? No, I'm going to call them ARM. That's good. Um, were purchased uh, this week. They're a huge technology company um, based out of Cambridge here in the UK. They were bought by a Japanese company called SoftBank. Um, the price tag was quite eye popping as $24 billion. Um, was that I, is that a, a good price for it? Is that a bargain? It, it's way over what they closed at, so I think they're, they're, it, that put their valuation up by seven billion overnight. So it definitely looked over the odds. But what a lot of commentators are saying is that with Brexit, it is a discount because of the weakened pound. Yeah. So there so is definitely a case. Fewer yen. Yeah, there's a case now for companies to purchase british companies at a cut price so there are a lot of people that are saying that it could be quite an opportunistic purchase from softbank um the reaction from their investors has been extremely negative 
uh, analysts from have softbanks. been yeah softbanks investors are really annoyed about the the acquisition they don't think it's a good one and um, the company is in quite a lot of debt so arm will feasibly be paying off quite a lot of that debt in the acquisition um uh, the, so it's gonna be like the uh the man united buyout where they end up yeah. in debt despite having been bought absolutely uh analysts Terrific. are quite down on it as well um for similar reasons um, and even the CEO of Arm himself is down on the purchase. He said it was a sad day for UK technology, um, but he said it was unavoidable in the circumstances um, because the offer was basically too good to refuse. It, it was a godfather offer. Um, <laughs> let's let's go back to be a bit more basic yes. for a start. Let's start um, with what Arm does. Tell yeah, who who are Arm and what do they do? Yeah, so Business Insider described Arm in 2011 as the biggest tech company you've never heard of, and they sort of remain that way. Um, Arm. There's one thing that the media have been getting wrong is what they say ARM does. ARM do not make microchips. They basically design the architecture of microchips and then license those designs out to companies who then build them. And they get a royalty every single time that microchip design gets used in an item. And the reason that ARM is so successful is because their microchips are in the iPhone. So every yeah. single time an iPhone gets sold, ARM gets a royalty because it's based on their microchip architecture. Yeah. They specialize very much in um, low power, high processing items. So they're very strong in the smartphone market. You'll find some sort of ARM design chip in 90% of smartphones. Um, they're also really strong on IoT, so smart devices, wearables, um, and driverless cars, uh, drones, anything like that um, will have uh, some sort of ARM design in it. So the um, listeners at home, the chances are that they will have a device or devices containing ARM's design. Extremely, extremely high so, chance that they've come in contact with ARM technology at some point. Okay, so they're going to be asking, how is this going to affect them? Is anything going to change? No, no. So basically SoftBank have said that the jobs are going to remain in the UK. They're, they're only going to expand um, ARM in the UK, so Cambridge um, should be fine, uh, which is good for the government. Uh, they're, they're basically going to leave the business model alone, they've said. Um, the only thing is that they may take some money out to service debt, but actually they're, they're not going to change the way the business is run. They're not changing any of the executives. They're not changing. They're not cutting staff. Um, so the company's still going to run. And they're, they're probably, if anything, going to build it up. They bought uh, SoftBank bought a French robotics company a few years ago, and that company has gone from strength to strength since. So they've got a good track record. So it sounds like a decent deal. It sounds like a decent deal. Why it, is it a sad day then? I, I think it's a sad day because he felt, for, he felt his hand forced to sell. And it's always a sad day when someone has to sell a company right. um, that they've built from the ground up. But he, he's definitely got some sort of mixed feelings on it. I'm not entirely clear why yet. And the other thing about ARM that is quite interesting is that apparently there's a few analysts saying that there is no, um, sometimes with these acquisitions until they get signed off, other companies can come in and counter bid. Um, right. And what will happen often is there'll be a clause in the original bid from SoftBank, which won't allow a company to come in because it'll be too pricely to break that initial agreement. But apparently this contract doesn't have one in it. Um... And Apple have been highly rumored to be in the market for ARM. Is this one of these Apple rumours? Yeah. Or is this a real rumour? You love Apple rumours, though. <laughs> well, I do, but they're, they're nearly always um, claptrap, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, Apple buying ARM makes a ton of sense, apart from the price tag. Um, could, they, could they then stop ARM designs being used in uh, Samsung phones? I example? think they would have to deal with some monopoly questions there. Yeah. Um, but they, they would have a huge advantage of having that capability in-house. Um, there's also a ton... Of, all the companies that you expect have been linked with ARM as well, Qualcomm, um, big uh, 
chip designers as well, manufacturers. Uh, Google have been linked um, because of their Android um, devices. Um, and basically anyone that makes a smartphone has been linked with with maybe making a bid for ARM. So it could, um, yeah, it could be a bit of a, a bidding war. So it could be. Um, it, it, time will tell. That would be really fun to watch. Um, mm. But it, just um, to see if, if Apple or Google could bring that in-house and then what the consequences on other smartphone makers would be because they're so reliant on these, these ARM technologies. Well, let's talk about this politically. Mm. Um, we haven't discussed Brexit a huge amount uh, on the podcast, um, but um, coming so soon after Brexit... This looks simultaneously good and bad, if you see what I mean. It's, yeah. It sort of depends how they're going to spin it. Philip Hammond um, has said that this is a, a sign that uh, he's a, the finance minister. He said that this is a sign that British firms have a perception of quality that they other the international community thinks British firms can prosper. Mm. Um, yet at the same time, there's an element of um, the weakness of the pound. Yeah. British firms are now sort of sitting duck. For acquisitions, yeah. Um, is this is this a net positive or a net net uh, negative for Britain and the British uh, tech industry? I definitely think it, it shows. Um, it definitely shows that tech companies in this country might um, be cap- um, might be generally they hit a glass ceiling. So there tends to be this yeah. this perception that we can build really good tech companies up to a certain point, but then we can't seem to build the next Facebook, Google, Apple anyone of that size they yeah. tend to get acquired before they get to that point but the odd thing with with arm is that in a lot of ways it has got to that point is that people haven't heard of it sure but it is utterly dominant it, it it's huge but it's not as big a company um in terms of uh revenue as you'd think uh they they made 489 million dollars in revenue last year it's not a huge amount their biggest yeah. rival is intel who are the, are the behemoths of the microchip market yeah. who made 35 billion dollars in sales last year right. so there it's that not really the same yeah. kettle of uh, fish no and it's different business models obviously intel sell everything so they get way more of a chunk of the cash when it comes to selling microchip because they'll design it and then sell it um, whereas Arm are only getting these royalties, um, but that's the business model that they they operate under. That does, I mean, the business model, the unusual business model, is mm. is maybe relevant actually in this <clears throat> in this area because they don't have to they don't have to buy in the materials. Nope. So because they're just designing, um, which means that the weak pound doesn't affect their import no. um, economics. Um, is this going to be? The first of many, then. Are there going to be other British companies on the table? Um, is this something that's limited to tech? Will there be... I don't know that Wolves, uh, the football club Wolves, have just been bought out by a Chinese... I thought you were going to be like the Wolves <laughs> circling. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or, or British metaphor. Wolves are now available for purchase on, uh, on um, other countries. Yeah, yeah, on Birmingham City as well, being bid for. I don't, I don't understand football. I just, oh, yeah, of course. I, I was just pretending yeah. I thought I'd drop <laughs> that in. Um, yeah, oh, Wolverhampton won well, actually. Oh, yeah. um, no, I mean, definitely it, it shows that there's a possibility here that people will start thinking that, that, that there is a discount market for British companies that they may be able to come in and buy. Um, I don't know nearly enough about th- about it to know yeah. who's under threat, whether tech is more under threat than most, but tech is sort of the hot um, industry at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. And from Theresa May's uh, point of view, our new prime minister, mm. um, it's it's sort of an odd one. There's a slight question mark over um, her husband's involvement in an um, investment firm that I, I think has benefited. And we don't want to suggest in any way any kind of... Uh, impropriety of course <laughs> if the lawyers are listening um but it's it sort of as i said it, it looks bad 
in a lot of ways after she specifically said she was going to protect um, British companies from foreign takeovers. And that was mm-hmm. something she's against. Uh, and this follows on so quickly. Um, yeah, she was very, very high on the deal. She was um, high on the deal. Yeah, she was very positive about it. Two hundred million pound profit for her husband, high on the deal. Well, you know, if she's gonna say she's protecting companies from outside investment uh, or outside acquisitions, but then is very positive about the first big one that comes through, yeah. it, there's gotta be some question marks there. I guess the, the element may be that she wants to bring in regulations to give yeah. the government powers over these takeovers yeah, and, so it's and they haven't yet come into effect. So. Yeah, and, and every acquisition is different and this one um definitely looks quite good for the uk in terms of the company actually not going anywhere and, and maybe even growing so economically yeah. it's going to stay in this country that's good we're pleased um let's go around the table uh i'd like to hear what chris and Mimi have to say about this actually because i'm sure <laughs> you're following along oh, yeah. uh, excited let's say is it a shot in the arm that's 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 the good one or 24 billion pounds that's very nearly an armful brilliant cost an arm and a leg no, we, I've already... I've already oh, actually made that. that. So the second one's the bad one. Okay, sure. Mm. Uh, Mimi. Well, both alternatives have puns, so I was going to go with the most punny. <laughs> You're not supposed but... to base it on that. <laughs> um... Or you can just say uh, neither. I'm going to go with neither. Okay, it's neither good nor bad. Thank you, Mimi. Christopher. I think it's a good thing, but I honestly... You have to say the, you have to say the thing. It's, it's, a shot it's in a the shot in arm, a, and then you have to say a, arm... In a painfully shot in the arm. Shot in the arm. Yeah. We're our third host now, and the hosts are always really protective about answering this question <laughs> in the way that they set it out. <laughs> well, there's a distinct format. This is my first time as hosting, so I, I want to make sure everybody follows the rules. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, actually, the David Price podcast is a rules-based I podcast. I don't want to get a reputation <laughs> for laxity. No messing around. Just roll the dice. So uh, what, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, I think it's shot in the arm. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, well then we will have a short gap and then when we come back we're going to talk about graphics cards Christopher Manassians I would like to talk to you about graphics cards but for the benefit of our less tech savvy listeners it would probably be better if you pretend that I'm an idiot who doesn't know anything about them so in words of one syllable or fewer can you explain what's going on in the world of graphics thingies that you put in your PC thingy (laughs) I like how you used that line. That was an in-joke, by the way. Yeah, that was good. Um, So graphic thingies. So yes, there's graphics cards that have been recently announced um, from NVIDIA, which is, um, well, they're one of the biggest companies in the world for producing graphics cards, at least for computer systems, be it laptops or um, desktop PCs. In this respect, it's a desktop graphics card called the GTX 1060. And the reason why it's quite interesting is because it's competing with AMD, which is its competitor, uh, which also makes graphics cards um, and their RX 480. Now, the reason why it's interesting is because they're both budget cards and this makes it very much affordable for people to be gaming at full HD, so 1080p, or even pushing the limits of, I'd like to say uh, QHD, which is 2.5K. I don't want to say 2K because people might get angry. Um, so that's one Do people get angry about things like that? They do. They get quite picky because it's not a cinema standard uh, to say okay. 2K. So, so when we say budget, yeah. what are we talking about? So budget means £239 for the base model Ooh. of the 1060. Where in comparison, to give you an idea of the 1070 and the 1080, which is also in NVIDIA's line, they cost upwards of £400. So this is okay. very much a more affordable solution for 
everyone. So do, do all graphics cards have names like supercars? <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had like more like I don't know like Lamborghini names. That'd be fantastic. Right? Yeah. Rather than just Lamborghinis, a thousand. Yeah. Lamborghinis cool. are all named after bullfighting things. That's true. Types of bull and uh, stuff like that. I'll there you go. Fact. I'll, interesting. I thought if they called what's, like, what's the, one of those? Like Miura. Yeah. Was the name, and there's one uh, Lamborghini which is named after the bull that killed. Um, was it Manolet, one of yeah. the most famous bullfighters of the 20th century? I think that was quite nice. He, you know, got killed by it, and then they named a car after the bull itself. After the bull, not <laughs> yeah, the yeah, bullfighter. Yeah, no, no, not yeah, after, after the car. Yeah, it's a nice, nice gesture. Lovely. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting you off track. Anyway, that's fine. I was just um, trying to think of the <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. what uh, the GTX 1060 can do. Yeah. What, what are its tech features? What are its new features? So I'm not going to go into the specs because... Oh, no, please. please <laughs> do. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I want to know how many CUDA cores it's got. Oh, good man. Good man, he knows his CUDA cores. Oh, yeah. Um, 1,000. 280, in case you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most interesting specs is the fact that it's got 6 gigabytes of um, VRAM, which means it can run 1080p very easily, and it can also run, as I said, 2.5K. It might be a little bit of a stretch, but it can also run it with that 6 gigabyte VRAM. VRAM, by the way, is when a lot of textures and details are being pushed to the graphics cards um, in a PC then it has to compute it, and the way it computes it, and the way it transfers it to the RAM. Again, I don't want to get too technical, but that's, that's the way... <laughs> you can, you can see my eyes blazing <laughs> yeah. over. Oh, if only the listener could see. I'm trying to think in like gaming terms, what, yeah. what would that mean? Would that mean like a really like rich world RPG would have to have this sort of, game, this yeah. sort of graphics card? So I think Shadows of Mordor, Lord of the Rings, yeah. um, that used that well. That still takes up a lot of VRAM, mm. depending on the resolution. So 1080p takes less VRAM. If you go up to 4K, then you're going to be eating up, say, 8 gigabytes of VRAM, potentially if you're running on two, three different monitors as well. Sure. So the more monitors, the bigger the resolution, the more VRAM it uses. So the reason it's interesting is because, again, it's a budget card and it has 6 gigabyte VRAM. Two years ago or three years ago, there was a 780 Ti, which was the top end line of NVIDIA's cards. And that came with 6 gigabyte VRAM. So nowadays we've progressed so far in within two years or three years that we've already got 6 gigabyte VRAM model graphics cards in very much budget graphics cards. Hopefully that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. And is, it, and is this going to have any effect on lower end games? If you've got sort of... Because we always, always talk about these games that are specifically very high end. Yeah. Uh, the crisis uh, yeah. going back a few years. <laughs> but most... Would it be fair to say most people don't play games like that all the time? Will they see improvements? Absolutely. So for someone like me who plays Counter-Strike, that could be literally, you can, you can run that on a potato, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, is, is, is um, that a, was that a joke? Was that, was that, was that jargon? It could literally be either. It could be an acronym. It could be an acronym. It's, it's, yeah, a, piece, it's a PC joke. That's brilliant. Okay. So oh. If you can run it on a potato, that means you can run it on basically anything, even oh. a crappy laptop. But... Even as a as a Counter Strike player, where graphics are not important, you can run it at a higher frames per second. And again, yeah. why does that matter? Then, if you're a competitive gamer, the higher frames per second, the easier it's going to be for you actually playing the game, and you can see your enemies faster than they can see you, because Good. it appears oh, so to get well. Competitive advantage. Yeah, okay. exactly. But that wouldn't be fair, though, would it? If one person was on that, and the other well, that, that's the thing. So, the better your monitor, the better your mouse, the better your keyboard, the better experience you're going to have, and the better um, the Biggest advantage you're going to have in the battlefield. Good. It's quite it's quite hard because then you've got server-related things, network-related um, uh, issues that you can uh, talk about. A lot more to think about than just 
putting a PlayStation game in. Yeah. This is, this is Absolutely. why PC gaming is not brilliant. <laughs> I might say. Anyway, um, <laughs> this what's is... your favourite graphics card, Mimi? <laughs> Probably the, um, the, the the graphics card one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, 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 one. A, that's a winner. <laughs> yeah, I like, yeah, yeah, the, you like the potato. Yeah. <laughs> the potato. <laughs> the potato TI. Yeah. This is actually... Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is actually related to a more serious point, which is that... Um, Sitting around this table, I think I, I get the impression only one of us knows anything. Kind of, well, not not just knows anything, but sort of cares about graphics cards generally. I mean, I, I, are you on the fence, Scott? Do you no, I want I want end? mine built into a console, so I don't have to worry yeah, about yeah, it. Or we'll think about exactly. it, yeah. or I'll be aware it exists. Yeah. So, the, I mean, this is remaining a niche concern, isn't it? Um, well, you say that, but people do buy pre-built systems. And right. in that respect, it still does bring down the price of pre-built systems. Okay. Because if the base cost is 239 for someone who's buying a card, then a, a company that's building a PC. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You will obviously have to charge less because the card naturally costs less. So if you're buying a pre-built PC because you can't be bothered to build a PC or you don't have any time to do it, then it's going to naturally cost you less. So if you want to transition from PlayStation or Xbox or even Wii into PC gaming, then it's going to be a much more affordable um, solution and much easier to do. You could even buy a car, um, a PC without a graphics card and then buy this card as an upgrade because right. you're like, oh, I was doing Microsoft Office, but now I want to get into, I don't know, playing Battlefield 1 on the PC yeah. versus on the console. And now I can do because I've got only... I only have to spend 230 quid, 240 quid. I'm pleased I've got that option. Yeah. Um, let's talk VR. Yeah. This is, uh, because it's Pascal architecture, yep. then people are going to be thinking this is potentially a VR enabler. Yep. Uh, is this a spark VR needs to go mainstream? 
Well, that's a good question. That was the question that was asked with the AMD RX 480, which is its direct competitor, because it was the first affordable solution for VR. So the RX 480 was like, well, you can now run um, VR for under 200 quid, as in under 200 quid for just a graphics card, let alone the rest of the system. Um, and the same thing applies with the GTX 1060. So yes, it's bringing more VR systems into the world and um, people actually thinking about VR can now afford it for a much cheaper price but again let's not forget that if you want to run VR HTC Vive costs upwards of 600 something odd quid and for someone who's going to be investing that much money on a HTC Vive my guess is they don't want a mediocre performance they want a fantastic performance and in that case they're going to buy a GTX 1080 or GTX 1070, which costs a lot more money. Would you say this is mediocre? I mean, how, how does it compare to last year's equivalent? Well, it's more the fact, when I say mediocre, it's in terms of the, so that when the frames per second is one of the biggest things when it comes to PC gaming. So the higher frames per second, the better. The GTX 1060 won't be able to output as high as the 1070 and 1080. VR, I would say last year was, I'll say out of the question, but it didn't really exist. You got the Oculus Rift. That in, I mean, it's it's taken off, but it's not taken off in the same way as the HTC has um, when it comes to gaming. Um, so in that respect, it's very hard to compare it to last-gen models. Yes, it does better than last-gen cards, even the top-end cards of last yeah. year. But still, you have to bear in mind that if someone's going to be buying VR, they're going to have to be shelling out a minimum of, as I said, 600 quid for the HTC Vive, put that on with a PC, even with the 1060, you're looking at... Upwards of one thousand pounds, yikes! For a H, uh, for a VR compatible PC. Well, let's assume that somebody that's listening has been persuaded yeah. by uh, by that. Should they get? Um, well, first of all, should they get the founders edition, mm-hmm. or should they wait for a partner card? Um, well, let's go. For, let's first of all let's say what's the difference between the founders edition and the partners card. So this is the thing I I actually haven't quite understood, but it's mainly something that um, I don't really um, recommend uh, to buy a founders edition card simply because it's a reference card with a reference blower, and it hasn't got any optimizations on it. So, and it's more expensive. I understood some of those words. Okay, <laughs> so um, it's basically you've got one fan to cool the hall graphics card versus after all them all more yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're better than that. <laughs> that 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 was a good one <laughs> but yeah it's, it's literally um it makes no sense to buy the founder's edition at least in my eyes as a as a gamer it makes no sense you get better performance at a cheaper price well in theory it's cheaper price isn't it to get a partner card so the partner card is made by a different company yep. according to similar um specs yeah um but what I've, and again, I'm not an expert, but um, <laughs> what, I, what I understand is that previously NVIDIA um, partner cards have ended up being as expensive or even occasionally more expensive than Founders yeah. Edition because um, partner companies, they use the Founders Edition as a sort of market test force and they go, well, people are willing to pay that much, therefore we'll charge exactly as much, maybe more, because it has better performance. Um, but this time around, NVIDIA, NVIDIA are making noises about that being stopped from happening but i don't really understand yeah. how they're gonna well the the reason well just to give you an idea the founder's edition for the 1060 cost 279 right it was launched at 239 and there's partner cards which are already at 229 okay so we already have demonstrations that the partner cards will be cheaper 
Yeah, that are already cheap. Yeah, and they're out. Uh, they're out already for pre-order um, through UK. Let's go and buy them. Let's all rush out now. Let's go. Which would you get then? Would you go for the 1060 or would you go for the GTX 480? Well, um, did I get that right? No, that was RX 480. For the AMD. Um, Personally, I would prefer um, NVIDIA's cards. Um, I'm not biased on either side. I use actually both cards on a daily basis. At work, I use an AMD. At home, I use NVIDIA. Um, That's quite unusual, isn't it? Don't people normally pick a team? Yeah, they do. But I mean, I didn't really have a choice at work. (laughs) But but, that was a little sly dig. (laughs) No, but I mean, quite uh, quite honestly, the cards in terms of performance, they're very similar to each other. Um, it really comes down to the features that you're going to be looking for. And in my case, I like game recording. Um, so I would like to capture a, a game recording. Um, and Shadow Play, NVIDIA Shadow Play is fantastic for that. Um, so that's why I would choose NVIDIA um, over AMD. And if it comes to which one would you choose, the 1060, 1070, or the 1080, or the RX 480, RX 470, it RX 460? complicated. There's so many numbers. It all comes down to what you personally game on and what you personally use. So if you're going to use it on a single 1080p full HD monitor, the lowest end graphics card will do absolutely fine. If you're going to be running 4K gaming or VR, then go for a higher end model. Brilliant. There you go. You've heard it from the horse's mouth. Uh, Let's go around the room. And I I want you to say, (laughs) I want you to say either GT Excellent. That's good. That's good. Or GTX rated? <laughs> Mimi Launder. Um, GT excellent, <laughs> definitely. And what, what was it particularly there, like? There are almost too many reasons no to go into, David. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't well, have what time. What if I pressed you to pick one of the reasons? Um, well, something like Chris said it was cheap. which That's good. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. I like that. So I'm always sold. That's good enough for me. cheapness. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher, I, I think I know what you're going to say, but... Um, GT excellent, yes, yes, yes. What was that? I don't know. What was I, that? I, I was stroking my was cat and like, yeah, kind of, but I kind of failed. That's Mr. Burns, wasn't it? Does he say excellent? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah excellent. Yeah, okay, well, I'll excellent. let you have that. Uh, uh, Scott? Uh, I'll go with Chris on this one. <laughs> GT, excellent. Uh, do but, I do I get a vote on these yes, things? I've never done this before, so I'm going to say GTX rated just oh, just because it's fun it to say. What's your reasoning? Uh, oh, um, <laughs> that bit. oh she's well, I I I worry that um, you won't get the same performance <laughs> as you would on the 1070. Because, you know, I, I, what I want is QHD gaming. So, it's a good window into how being a journalist works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're going to draw a veil over that one. Um, after a short gap, we're going to talk about, uh, what should I say, flaming hoons on the internet. Uh, if you want to know what they are, uh, uh, keep on listening. Mimi Launder, as our in-house expert on vicious personal abuse, please tell us... <laughs> Please tell us who has been awful on the internet this week and what's being done about it. Um, well, yeah, vicious personal abuse is a favourite topic of mine, so <laughs> thanks. I think everybody likes it. <laughs> it's just great. Um, I think it can be really summed up as um, Milo... What's his surname? Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos is a bit... Have I just given away the um, the secret that I also know a little bit about? <laughs> he is kind of known by one name, isn't he? He's famous enough to just be Milo. Yeah, it is just Milo, yeah. Well, he's, he's there aren't pick, many competing Milo. He's though. picked an unusual name. Yeah. Quite, that was quite canny. Yeah. Like Moby did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, not his real name. He's not really called Moby. Yeah, I know, but still, like... It's because he's... Cause he's um, 
ancestor wrote Moby Dick. Anyway, so I'm, 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 I'm being a right sort of fact guy today. <laughs> one of his, his his surname is Melville. One of his ancestors was Herman Melville. What what wrote Melby Dick, Moby Dick? Anyway, um, right. let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to Milo That's Yiannopoulos. Okay, so Milo Yiannopoulos, who is the editor of Breitbart, which is a vehemently right wing publication, I would. Say. They're lovely, lovely they're, people. They're, yeah. Friendly and open. Um, he, Leslie Jones, um, who was recently in Ghostbusters or is going to be in Ghostbusters. Oh, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's in. It's out now. It's in it's cinemas, out now. yeah. yeah. Um, has done really well. She's got these, this amazing part, has gone through all these barriers to get where she is. And instead of being kind of submerged in praise on Twitter, she has been essentially drowned in abuse. And it's not just um, the occasional comment from some mentalist. It's, it's... So the first time we've had the word mentalist. <laughs> oh, I love the word mentalist. I will, I will bring in lots of new stuff today. Um, <laughs> it is. It seems overwhelming. It, it's probably essentially what she gets when she goes on Twitter. She just sees loads of abuse. Uh, but this has been... Um, this hasn't been consistent over several months, has it? This has no. been one sort of orchestrated... That's what it seems like. It campaign. Almost, it, campaign is a word. It seems kind of terrifyingly organised and, and... And Milo is in, involved in this? Yes. How? He, from what I understand, um, he's essentially being encouraging his followers to tweet her. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that, it's sort of a, a grey area, isn't it, morally? It is. Whether he's responsible for that. It is. Um, we do know, though, that he has a history of Twitter abuse to an extent in the past. What's he and said? He's, What's he done? I would, I would need to look that up. <laughs> no, yeah, he's been known to use it as, as like a bullying tool, basically, mm. for people that don't agree with his views. He like drowns them out in abuse. That's nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a lovely. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. But to me, I mean, I, I have relatively few followers, um, but I get the impression that Twitter generally is quite um, uh, an abusive place. Mm. I'm, I'm sort of interested to hear what your experiences are. We. Um, before Mimi, I should say, before Mimi uh, steps in at the last minute, this was going to be uh, a complete sausage fest of a podcast with uh, only white men. Um, and so um, I'd like to hear what you have to say about um, being on Twitter as a woman. Yeah. Um, and being on our websites as a woman as well, what your comments are like. Um, well, on Twitter, I have followers in the low hundreds. So <laughs> I your, your really... approach to Twitter is one of my favourite. We, we've discussed this before. It, like Mimi never like, she'll pick like a top area, but then it will never be at anyone. It will never be a hashtag. There'll never be any caps or anything. It will just be statements. And then that's it. It's out in the world. That's good. It's great. What's wrong with that? And it always like to, there must be some algorithmic reason why I always what? see them. <laughs> I always yeah. like they're always there at the top of my feed, even though you tweet like once a week. <laughs> Just never well, miss one. Well, then the compliments. I think what Scott is saying that I don't know anything about Twitter. <laughs> and that was a bit of a backhanded. <laughs> Within the wonderful compliments. Yeah. Um, yeah so. As, as a woman, I haven't actually experienced that much, any, anything really, um, to do with being a woman or as a journalist. But um, you do see it quite regularly. And it it's that whole argument about free speech, essentially, which is, is yeah. understandable. Yeah. And it's obviously something that Milo cares a lot about. Well, he but, says he cares about mm, it, but he spends quite a lot of his time... Drowning out other people's words. Yeah, shouting exactly. Which is essentially what he's done to her. So he's taken away her free speech because she's felt completely drowned in abuse and has left Twitter. Oh, so she, yeah, so I was going to say, did she, did she leave Twitter? Because it tends Twitter. to be the response when you get 
that level of abuse is the only thing you can do, mm-hmm. which is awful. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people have said, well, it's it, it's that odd thing where the victim often gets blamed more. Well, she'd retweeted the abuse, she responded to it, therefore she was encouraging it, which is firstly just crazy. Rubbish. There's, but there's, it's rubbish. Also, there, there is no real like tried and tested response to trolls. No. Um, some people say don't feed the trolls. Some people say that doesn't like, seem to work. Some people order. say no. like out them publicly. That doesn't seem to work. Uh, basically, there isn't a solution. Yeah, exactly. I don't really know what she could have done, no. and I don't really apart see... from just leave for yeah. a minute and let it all die down. It and what's the problem with standing up for herself? And also, the more she stands up for herself, the more it's publicised. Yeah, and the more um, it becomes an issue, which is a great thing. And it becomes her life. Like it, it's too much. Like you, to, if you've yeah. got that level of like, of like, if you've got to stand up for yourself that, that, to that extent, then what else? Like you haven't got time to do anything else. No, no, exactly. Uh, it must become overwhelming. And mm. I think um, Twitter's response to ban Milo was a good one. So he, so he's out as well. Yeah, he got banned. So, so she's out. He's out. Yep. She left. He got banned. Yep. Okay. I was um, say, that should that should have happened because it's basically cyberbullying if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, it is. It's, and that's. No matter how mm. you look at it in terms of free freedom of speech, it's not right. No, no matter how. Yeah. No, no matter a, if you're a school kid. Mm. By well, this, your, this, is a, this is a part of being at school that wasn't around when I was young. <laughs> I was suddenly aware that I'm suddenly 10 years older than everybody your, else your here. Um, but yeah, kids growing up now, they get, they get abuse on Facebook and Twitter yeah. and all the rest of it. And mm. it's this horrible extra dimension of an extra avenue of attack. That you, yeah. you feel like you were safe when you were just on the computer yeah. at home, and now you're not. And probably worse because you can kind of hide behind these profiles, and it's not really you. It feels like it's not you doing it. It's almost anonymous. Yeah. So there was quite a lot of bullying on MSN Messenger when I was a kid. Yeah, I yeah, I experienced that. <laughs> well, the equivalent probably for my generation was people writing on a bus stop. Uh, David Price is uh, a willy, <laughs> which I feel like I suffered just as much. Yeah. Stayed with you all these years. Yeah. I made that up, by the way. That wasn't real. Uh, do you think uh, banning? What are we going to call him Milo or yeah. Nero? Nero is his was. Well, that's weird. Was his uh, his handle? Mm. Um, do you think that they've done the right thing banning him? Yeah, I I, I think they have, and I, I it's tricky. They can't ban every single in any way abusive person on Twitter. I'm not sure that's doable. But um, Milo... They'd lose a lot. They'd lose there a lot are a lot of people. them, unfortunately. That might, that might be the issue, though, is that... Yeah. Are they trying to though, protect... As such a kind of, I don't know, a prominent like event, an example of abuse, and as such a prominent writer, I, yeah. I he's, feel he's a it's symbol. a good statement. Yeah, he's a symbol. Let's take a stand. Yeah, exactly. But the question here is, um, why did it take this long? Why did it take... Um, Somebody who is, uh, well, she, you know, she's a movie star, mm. a movie star getting attacked, mm. a movie star with famous friends getting attacked. That's what's induced them to act. Yeah. And there are just thousands and thousands of people suffering just as bad abuse and yeah. have been for years. And it's taken this to make Twitter act. Yeah, it's such um, a problem. Um, and it's kind of, I'm glad they um, banned him, but... Because it's it's a good message to other black women, but at the same time, there are loads of women and black women and loads of other people who are getting abused on Twitter. It's, yeah, it dates back to Gamergate as well, doesn't it? I mean, the amount of that, that a lot of that was Twitter based abuse, wasn't it? So. Well, he he hijacked or what's the word? He piggybacked Gamergate. Yeah, having in the past previously heavily abused gamers mm. and, and took the Mickey out of them and was never a gamer himself. No, but then when he realised Gamergate was. Connected to right-wing um, abuse, 
um, of women and uh, black people and gay people. Then he jumped on board, and mm. suddenly he was, he was king um, of gamer gay. He was a tech, uh, tech journalist before, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He said he was um, fixing tech journalism. Not, not, not all tech journalists. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> he is just a ridiculous man. Yeah. The, the only problem, the only other problem I've got with this is completely counterintuitive to the activity that I'm doing at this exact moment. Is that him getting banned has given him loads of publicity? Yeah, which he's absolutely thing. loving. I, I'm not. He's saying sh- no. He's saying he's. But loving I'm not it. sure I'm not we sure. would be talking about him right now if That's it true. wasn't for him getting banned from Twitter. But it's, I guess Twitter is his platform. It's one of his main platforms. And he needs that to do yeah, what he exactly. does. But I kind of he agree. Gonna be, he's a bit He's going to be tearing out his hair. He, he'll, he'll, he'll claim this as a victory. He'll spin this as a victory. Of course, he was always yeah. going to do that, whatever happened. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just lost one of his main mouthpieces. And it's, mm. it's sort of hilarious. Like, <laughs> like, will he go down the Glenn Beck route now, though, and just build his own platform now that he's got an established yeah. like followership of his own? He should have a radio station. That's mm. the sort of level he's at. Talk or a radio, podcast. yeah, or a podcast. <laughs> I don't know what you're implying there. <laughs> that we I don't are really that we are abusers <laughs> and uh, objectionable political bigots. Anyway, um, uh, we're almost running out of time, so um, let's go around the room. And I've got holding out for a Nero. That's his handle. You remember? Yeah, yeah. holding so is that out positive. Yeah, yes. well, that's sort of suggesting Wait, that he's... He's a hero? Yeah, that, you know, you want him to come back. Oh, I'm looking forward to someone uh, going down that. Holding out for... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> holding out... You don't have to. No. Pick it. Holding out for Nero or we don't need another Nero. Uh, maybe. Maybe um, <laughs> wants I'm to dead. go with the I pun. don't know. What you... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same pun, both of them, really. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough decision, but I think I'm going to have to go with we don't need another Nero. Right. Wait, is that the negative one? Yeah, that's saying that we don't... Yeah. <laughs> we don't need another... Yeah, exactly. Could we another, made a Roman yeah. stroke? Punt Nero? Uh, fiddling while Rome burned. Yeah. Uh, no time. No. No time. I think you just did anyway. Yeah, um, uh, well, of. I mean, I set it up, but yeah. didn't... didn't well, you gave it away <laughs> in the setup, which is excellent it's, work. Uh, yeah, that's how um, I do my jokes. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Manassians. We don't need a Nero. That was sung as well. That was better. Um, yeah. uh, Scott. Yeah, we don't need another Nero. I agree. We don't need another Nero. Um, and, <laughs> and we're going to stop there. Um, it is time to wrap things up. So thank you to Scott, Christopher and Mimi for your thoughts. And thank you at home for listening to them. Do get in touch to let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash. Or indeed, if you are interested in advertising on the UK Tech Weekly podcast, you can tweet us using the handle at UK Tech Podcast or email us using the address editor at idg.co.uk. Do find us on iTunes, SoundCloud uh, and all the other places from which you source podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, favourite or give any other cheap emotional support to us that you can. We'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Until then, say goodbye, guys. See ya. See ya. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.